0: This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV
1: podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. All right, well, welcome to Script to Screen La La Land. This is our season finale. Our sixth season is coming to an end tonight. Uh, we will be back in October. Don't worry, as Patrice mentioned in the opening. We have some good things lined up already for fall. Can't announce them yet. but uh, so. But this is... We're very excited. We were after the Line a long time. Uh, our t- talent was not available, so we're grateful they came here. As you know, it won six Academy Awards, and they won a Production Design Oscar. Uh, it also... Yeah. They also worked on some pretty other amazing movies. Kill Bill and Glorious Bastards. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, Collateral. Have anybody seen that Tom Cruise movie with... Uh, So we're going to talk a little about some of those films But tonight we're here to start with La La Land So please welcome to the Poly Theatre stage David Wasco and Sandy Reynolds-Wasco All right, so in honor of La La Land Of course, we're going to do a few musical numbers together We're going to sing the questions uh, Do some tap dancing But maybe we'll start easy uh, so let, let, let's just go back to the beginning. What was your initial reaction when you read the script? Uh,
0: well, we, uh, we loved it. And we, we loved Whiplash. And actually, uh, I, was, I was tipped by a buddy of Damien's, another young director, that, uh, that Damien had a script. And um, I was able to, through, through my agent... Managed to get an interview pre anybody knowing about La La Land, and uh, Damien hired me over coffee. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was unusual good. where y- you, you get offered the job right then and there.
1: And how about you, Sandy? What was your feeling when you first read the script? Can you enjoy the yeah, script, or I do you look at it like, oh my god, I got to make no, this? No,
2: because I think I think everyone on the crew enjoyed it on first reading because you, you saw we'd all been in the business long enough and in LA long enough that all the references were just everything we all wanted to do. 40s and 50s musicals, um, researching all of that and then mixing it with the modern or present day story that Damien wanted to tell. So that was just irresistible.
1: Yeah, one thing I found interesting is balancing the vintage versus contemporary a- images in the film. Uh, so, how did you work with Damien pre-production to make sure that was balanced properly?
0: Well, um, he 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 really um, wanted to embrace the vernacular of how Los Angeles unfolds uh, regarding uh, you have. Uh, all this different architecture side by side by side, it, it, as opposed to how Santa Barbara is, which are, there has a tone of architecture. L.A. is has incongruous things next to each other, and he wanted to uh, embrace that. And there were things that he wrote in the script specifically that he wanted to capture, like the Griffith Park Observatory. And uh, uh, but then there were things that kind of came about as we were location scouting. So uh, that's kind of how you, you you make a movie and build a movie. It's You have somewhat of an idea. He had quite a good idea as to what he wanted to do, but as you are scouting and looking at things and um, figuring things out, ideas come about, and you always keep an open mind about these new ideas coming to you, even if it's at the last minute, even if it's the day that you're shooting something, you, you, you are open to these new ideas.
2: Mm, and the old and new, I think because of that setting and the use of the studios themselves, we worked on the Warner lot and we worked at, you don't know what the other lots were. But that, that automatically brings you to a period in a way. You know, you're, you've got all that history in those buildings. They're all from the 30s sort of the period that these musicals were made, the 30s, 40s, 50s. And, uh, and some of the magical architecture of, well, Mia's apartment was really wonderful because that turned out to be, it was a fluke. We were looking for these different types of apartments, hers being a little bit of a contrast to Sebastian's. But hers turned out to be a, a penthouse apartment that we found that uh, Clark Gable lived in. So there was this odd oh, history and, and ties. And Ronald Reagan. It and was Ronald actually wow,
0: it. three different... Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be a Spanish garden court apartment, and which, which you, the audience believes that, but we needed a rather large space in order to do the choreography dance, and none of the real uh, uh, garden court apartments had anything large enough. So we ended up finding uh, this wonderful garden court apartment in Long Beach, but then a large enough interior ended up being this penthouse apartment uh, in the Miracle Mile area that um, had the layout that allowed them to do the big dance number. And uh, not until later did we find out that it, it was Ronald Reagan's first apartment when he moved to Los Angeles, and then also Clark Gable. Had rented there,
2: and that was that was when you read the script because of all the dancing and and the the gals moving through different rooms and getting ready to go to their party. At first, I didn't, I couldn't believe we'd find a place. You know, that mm. that seemed like something we'd have to build. And also, I think in looking at things like uh, it's not, yeah, I think it is. Singing in the rain, where where there's lots of dancing, interior apartments with several actors, with Gene Kelly and and uh,
0: we did add architectural elements we 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 uh, we used it as a, as a movie set, and we we added walls, we added archways we added uh, uh, things to romanticize it and of course, we had her bedroom with the large poster all those things were scripted uh, because in the original script she had this play that was um that was that we did the full play, but it, it ended up getting edited down to be. You really never saw what the play was about, but it was. But it was yeah.
2: about Ingrid Bergman. Oddly yeah. enough, it doesn't come through in the final at all.
1: But uh, you mentioned that because really, I mean, in the, the fact that she is so in love with classic Hollywood as a as you know the design team, it must have been great when you have a script like that. You know, yeah. Mia's character, so you can actually start dressing, yeah. the look oh. of the set. Uh, but what, So there, was it difficult with the choreography, though? Because obviously, that's, is it easier just to shoot outside well, you know, compared to shooting in the apartment sequence? Well, yeah. It's,
0: I mean, it, we, we worked very closely with uh, Mandy Moore, the choreographer, and actually her beats uh, drove the length and the size of, of sets. For instance, the big epilogue uh, where they dance in a big white area with uh, uh, uh the watts Tower and the city hall, all of that was measured and determined by the amount of beats that she needed to bring the actors through an orange grove and all so all the the sets were built and driven by her her and needs the, music. And yeah, the music and the music
1: now you mentioned the contrast of sebastian 's character because his apartment is. Downtrodden, downtrodden, opposite. What and, was the decision process to go with that different look for his apartment? Well, he,
0: it was, again, it, it was in the script uh, that he was in the valley, and he would then go have coffee uh, five miles from his place in the valley uh, to the Van Beek studio. So the 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 his, all the locations we really anguished over, and we we didn't. Nothing was found quickly. It was all. Uh, we looked at many, many different apartments for him. And actually, uh, a kind of heavyweight producer came on. There were there were two producers that were surra- surrounding Damien that were kind of protecting his vision, and then there was a um, kind of a bigger guy producer that came in towards the end and was sort of trying to steer things to be... Uh, like, that apartment was... Sort of suggested to be a set built in a studio. We would never be able to shoot it. But Damien said, "I want to shoot this on a practical location, out in the valley, right where we drove." And we did that, and it and it worked. And it and I think that helped the actors also. The where he would come in uh, and pick up his mail. We had all of that set, and it was filmed. But then it was edited down as the movie was was shortened. And uh, and and that. Environment helped Ryan, I think, more than having him go to a, a studio, a studio soundstage, and work, walk into a you know a, a set. Uh, I kind of like, I almost prefer to do practical locations and work with them, and then back away from them and build things that are needed, uh, even if it's unlimited budget, which we we had no money on this movie. But even if there's a lot of money. I almost prefer to be in practical locations. But, for instance, the, the uh, planetarium, we had to build the planetarium because we um, uh, needed to do the, the floating wire work. And then also, the real planetarium now, although they did a, a, a wonderful restoration to the, to the Griffith Park Observatory, and it's beautifully restored, they didn't carry that, that rec, uh, restoration into the planetarium. And Damien, one of the things that he did want architecturally was to the deco quality, the, all the deco around Los Angeles. And he was so insistent on trying to capture that, even in some of the, the montage things, that he encouraged us to make the planetarium more deco than it, it, uh, it ever was. And we had the reference pictures from um, Rebel Without a Cause, and, and uh, we were able to kind of copy it and, and heighten that.
2: Yeah, I think with the, the two Sebastian's house being sort of extremely simple, it was it was also initially he wanted that character to be more sort of like the French New Wave male character. So he wanted him very honest and and you know nothing detracting from his his goals. Whereas Mia's was more involved with the four girls' dreams. It, we could get away with the color. Um, with the other, with the many directors and, and all the research we did that went, besides doing the 40s and 50s technicolor Hollywood, we were also doing the Jacques Demy French color, and we could bring that into Mia's apartment as well. And the wonderful thing for me, looking at the Jacques Demy movies, which is uh, uh, Demoiselle... De Sher- uh, you'll have to remind me the names. Umbrellas of Cherbourg and the two sisters of Rochefort. But the, when you look at them closely, they're dazzling with color, and the costumes are dazzling, and the and the even the the boats and the cars are interesting. But when you look closely, it's almost it's very. Low budget. It's it's a lot of paint, a lot of beautiful and paint. He,
0: he did use practical, which location. we were
2: able to do, and yeah, and, yeah exactly. Yeah. That practical
0: was one, one of the things that Damien first gave to us. Was this uh, French book about Jacques Demy, and uh, although we we really knew we knew the Umbrellas of yeah, Cheryl, the movies the are great, uh, and we knew his movies. But then there were some other obscure movies that this director did, and if you and just like Sandy's saying, if you look at them. Their 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 bright primary colors, and he would he would um, work in a practical location. He would paint a whole city street like blue, and then have do his scenes in front. And we did we just we Damien wanted he was bright sort colors, of yeah. he didn't say this is absolutely what we wanted to do, but we 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 kind of took that that key and went in that direction and and and. Work with practical locations and painted streets and did and did these things. We did the back lot like that. We painted all these colors that were kind of vibrant and put uh, little mini Fiats and cars around to make it kind of humorous in the background.
1: So let's, uh, let's go back a little. Uh, the CinemaScope, shooting on film, 35-millimeter film on because a lot of the movies are moving to digital, how did that affect... How your prep work when you well, decided to go to that kind of old style 35mm cinemascope look. Luckily, uh,
2: luckily we've done that a lot with Quentin and other...
0: There were, that was film so and uh, we had recently worked with um, uh, uh, British directors tend to try to sh- they like to shoot film instead of video and we just work with Martin Madonna so our last three movies were on film uh, and in, in many ways, it really, uh, it, 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 it maybe alleviated some uh, off of Sandy's shoulders because in Collateral, which was the, f- I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first uh, digital movie. Yes. And um, a lot of weight uh, was put onto Sandy's shoulders to light. Uh, a lot of the background, because the camera department said, "Well, if we can capture nighttime, we don't really need lights." But we need street lights as far as the eye can see this way, and then we need to. So a lot had to be on set decorating, and set decorating had to have a whole series of trucks that carried street lights around. We didn't have to do that as much in this movie. However, we did bring uh, we did bring the street lights. Uh, every, in every scene, that was one of the things that. Um, but color was Sandy real. Did. So,
2: but with the Technicolor, we were very aware of the color in every place, and it was a very really big collaboration with the costume designer. And say, in the apartment, we knew the dresses. Well, the actresses were chosen, then their color dress was chosen, and then. The thought was to do the different rooms to sort of match the dresses. So there was a red room and a green room and a yellow room and a. And we were, we were,
0: we would. Damien was deeply concerned with the art direction, and he he uh, asked for a desk in the art department. We we had a very um, production-friendly environment where we had um, kind of a series of warehouses in Atwater Village where every, all the departments like sandy is saying the costume department the camera department were all in one area and we're able to see what each other was doing and damien made a point to before in early prep he spent great deals of time with us where he just went through everything we went through every single scene every page of the script and then we would have the camera uh Linus, the cameraman and the costume designer we would all be talking together, so everybody knew what it, what what he wanted, mm-hmm. and we were able to and that's not always the case it's not always as clear um, uh, there there's so many people that it takes to build a movie that um, often a lot is lost in just the 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 sheer size and and communication, and that's what I think our Job is, is to c- try to communicate what the director wants to the costume designer and to the cameraman and, to, and it was easier for us to do that with with, with Damien.
1: Yeah. Um, so you read the, so we read the, you read the opening scene the script. Oh, dance <laughs> sequence, L.A. freeway. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you immediately sub to how are we going to do this or did yeah. you? So what was the biggest? What was the biggest obstacle other than shutting down Los Angeles? Well, we freeway?
0: we actually found there were there were three options, and he chose the elevated option. There were two other options of of legs of freeway that we were able to own and control and shut down, and and we showed him all three, and then when we showed him the uh, the connector between the 105 and the 110, he he loved it. So we just we uh it, it was less of a hassle for the art department, more of a hassle for everybody else, but we did things to help the dancers, we built um, uh, things that allowed them to step over the the uh the the dividers and uh, it was a safety thing. I mean, I hate to even be that. Cut and dry about it, but safety is is a big thing in all movie making, low and big budget. And my thoughts were we were going to be uh, 100 feet off the the ground, and there's a, a low uh, parapet wall that we that there everybody was jumping all over the place. Somebody would jump off by mistake, and nobody nobody was hurt. Um, but um, strangely, that that ended up not being as complicated we allowed what the air department did was allow gave them a rehearsal space in our in our um production office area which was just in the parking lot where we measured everything and had everything the same arc and laid out all the cars so it allowed the dancers to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse because we only had a window of we got the freeway for um one day we were able to rehearse the weekend before where we actually had the freeway but it was very uh, quick and had to be out of there. And the weather worked. It was clear. Uh, it was very hot, which was also dangerous. So, But um, it's, it it's, all worked.
2: It's stunning. That was the perfect example of how the every department had to work together mm. on that one. Because even just thinking about transportation, trying to get the cars up there and in place quickly enough right. and then off again, you know, for us to do the work up there and... Yeah, it was amazing. And then the cranes and the camera work were pretty impressive. It was really massive. And you look at
1: all the costumes, definitely okay. then lead to the painting and the yeah. apartments, yeah. the colors, yeah, and, you exactly. know. So exactly. if you were not in sync with a costume designer, that would have thrown a lot of stuff off. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little about the apartment, but I, actually one of my favorite musical numbers was one of the earlier ones at the pool party. Mm-hmm. Uh, lighting, directing, the champagne, the gold, the balcony, how did you find that location, and what was your challenges that was, for that? It was,
0: it was actually, a nightmare. It was actually... Uh, it, <laughs> <That> was really, <laughs> it, was, it was hard, because uh, we... Uh, uh, what I was telling Matt was interesting, because we actually had found a better location, because Sandy and I were prepping the movie when uh, there was the original casting, which was Miles Teller and uh, Emma Watson. And... Uh, we were scouting with Damien, and we found an incredible house that had, uh, that also, the house that was used didn't have a vista view of Hollywood, a fan of lights, like the Ed Ruscha painting. And uh, uh, when the casting changed, we ended up having to wait uh, almost six months for Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, the new actors, and Damien uh, stuck with us, and we continued to look and, 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 and work with him. It wasn't uh, 12-hour days every, every day a week. But we were thinking about things. But we, we in that time, we lost that, that one location. They did a video and burned the neighborhood. They did loud music, and the community didn't want to use the house. So we looked everywhere, and we couldn't find a house, all the new houses had um, infinity pools, and he he wanted to be able to dance around the pool, so we would find the house with a view, several elements, and then uh, it would have an infinity pool, and we couldn't, he couldn't dance around it, so we finally found this house out in uh, the western part of the valley uh, that uh, allowed us to do loud music at night, and um, the but fireworks it, yeah. were laid in at the very end, but it had a pool house. We were able to take the railing off the pool house and have uh, one of the people jump in. And
2: um, We found it only about, jeez, I think maybe 10 days before we shot it. Oh, yeah, so it was, it was, this was during it was, shooting. It was, it, was, it, was, it was getting And dangerous. this is another yeah. thing. This was what was really wonderful about Linus and Damien is just their flexibility, because a lot of the locations determined the dancing, determined mm-hmm. everything, and they had to... so. Gee, they, they were rehearsing there at night. It's not necessarily rehearsing, but Mandy would have to go there at night with Damien after they're shooting their regular days and go through the choreography and the camera work. It was but we, intense. We, we painted.
0: We, 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 added a, uh, we added decking around the pool that allowed the actors to dance around the pool. Uh, and, of course, all the... Uh, Decoration sandy 's work was brought in. We did have things that were not seen. There was a Saturday night fever, uh, kind of a light up checkerboard dance floor that oh. you never saw <laughs> uh, and uh, things that when the movie is cut, you, those go by the wayside as was the freeway scene was was not in the first cut it was it was omitted, and then it came back which, which I thought because once we make the movie. We're we're not involved anymore once the movie is edited, and I was surprised to hear that that, that hard to pull off scene didn't make the final cut, and then it came back in the cut that.
1: Okay, so obviously the scene that I, I noticed the audience was getting very excited about was the tap dance scene.
0: Yeah, people and, uh, think that that was uh, a lot of my my co-workers that are good designers and. They think it's a, a set with a trans light, and it, it was uh, a, a, a a view into the, uh, Burbank in Griffith Park where they walk up. We brought the streetlights, um, and again, it was one of these hard-to-find locations, but when we found it, uh, we were able to rehearse there, and uh, it was shot just in that little window of of of, of time that... Uh, when you have sunset, the magic hour that allowed uh, him to capture it, and it was a complicated crane crane shot. Um,
1: but you, you, you didn't have a hard time finding it. You just found it. Was, the right, it, was, it, was a, okay.
2: it was hard to find.
0: Yeah, we, I had a really great scout <laughs> that uh, that I've used on a bunch of different movies. That uh, is kind of a secret weapon that can find these odd <laughs> odd places and that has helped me on a few different movies. I
2: think, again, Damien would have loved, as in the producer's party house, that, that view of lights going out, like in the Ed Roucher paintings. Mm-hmm. But it got that, that sort of sunset magic hour that he loved, too, which is that sort of mm-hmm. nighttime rainbow of pink and blue, and it was really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite moments, and I'm sorry as someone who runs a movie theater, mm-hmm. is the Rialto scene. Uh, I love the rail tour How road. was it like resurrecting the old single house? Well, it was you know, which... uh,
0: again uh, uh, it was an homage to the player which did a, which they they showed the bicycle thief when they shot a scene there in, in that. And uh it's closed and uh it's one of these other things that is sort of Destined to be demolished because it's 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 almost getting dangerous now. But mm-hmm. we looked at a we looked at a bunch of different theaters, including the Vista, which was in our neighborhood. We live in Los Feliz, and um, the Vista is, is a little kind of clean and new. And when we looked at the uh, Rialto, mm-hmm. it was really funky and and threadbare. Is perfect for what he what he wrote. And he didn't you know he didn't pick he, he that it was not in the script. So that was chosen and um we basically got it back up and running and and uh and it was wonderful and one of the things that I think is great that we're able to do with film is is the Rialto isn't going to be there forever and it now will be there it's it's like um you know some it's it's one of the one of the nice things that film can do is is Capture a moment in and time uh, in in a city, which which we were able to do with uh, with this movie, as I think we did with Royal Tannenbaums in New York. We caught we caught a time in New York that was kind of magical, and and um, um, it's like Double Indemnity. If you look at the movie, um, they shot it all around. They just went around and they shot. You know. Uh, uh, in grocery stores and things like that, and you can really sort of see what everything looked like in L.A. at the time. So we were able to do that with this movie.
1: Yeah, I know I know it was a bummer that they broke up, but I was more sad when Mia drove by the clothesline. I know. <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> That's a hard scene. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, it wasn't for really... All right. Um, one thing, we actually talked to Damien uh, at the Writers Guild, and he was very worried about reality transforming into the fantasy. Mm. So how how do you handle that like let's take the Griffith Observatory because you know you have to segue from the real scene to this fantastical scene I
0: think he was he was uh, he was concerned about that, but then he um, uh, basically kind of embraced the 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 reality of what 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 l a looks like now and 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 didn't really want to do anything different like choose a different film stock or do. Um, so I don't know if you want to explain you
2: know we never really I'm just thinking we never really mapped it out scene by scene that way I mean me the opening scenes the 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 studio has a little of both just because of the the nature of the animal Mm -hmm. Mia sort of does as well then we can go to reality with um, Sebastian's apartment and his world is all very grounded the, the studios and, and, and all of that. And then, then that sort of d- darker section where she's in Arizona back with her family is very grounded in reality. So I think it's just a matter of the sort of wave or threading throughout the whole thing that kind of allows that to happen. And then also when, you know, when they're breaking into song, it just automatically it lets you be fantastic.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about the other character, Los Angeles. Uh, that's you know normally you know movies you know the, the, they're almost equal. In fact, I think they dominate the scene sometimes, especially we, towards the end. We
0: love L.A. We love it, and we really we're so honored to uh, have been invited to capture it again. And we we had the opportunity to do it, you know, with Reservoir Dogs, with Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. with Collateral, with uh, Seven Psychopaths, with uh, Paul Pulsator's Touch, uh, uh, and we didn't. Ten, this is number eleven on. Of movies about L.A. and it's it's a fantastic city and it's ever changing and that's what I was saying before is that there are these things that are just evaporating they're 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 being torn down and 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 gone and and it was this little window of time to like oh goody we're going to be able to capture the city again and and try to get all these great things before they're gone and uh, it it it. it, it you know, it was a wonderful thing for us. And, we,
2: and it was scripted. Damien really wanted to capture certain things about LA, whether it was Bougainvillea against mm-hmm. a a purple-walled building, or the sunsets, or the mixture of sort of decrepit and, and then modern, Geary-ish. We didn't show Geary, mur- but it murals, could have been murals. Murals was a big this thing. This convoluted. But I think Damien. I'm not. I'm not. Sure sure exactly where he grew up. But I get the feeling that his time in Boston and his time in L.A. were just as sort of interesting to him. And I think to everybody, sort of the first cities they go to when they're finding those, when they're going for their dreams, have that magical aspect to it. And I think maybe Manhattan and Paris and and L.A. are particularly romantic. But I uh, I, I, I think that was the thing to make L.A. this sort of
1: so, with you two in love with l a the, the the love montage must have been the funnest kind of
2: well it was mm. i mean it, it
0: just uh, it was yeah that uh, was great, and a lot of that great. was done in
2: one house yeah
0: and really- uh, yeah, we did find again a lot of what what drives what we do is the practicality of trying to be uh, frugal and efficient with with being able to do multiple things in one location or uh, and we did the interior of the Chateau Marmont and a lot of that montage in one little uh, historic uh, park in Canoga Park that had uh, a couple of historic buildings. And uh, it functioned as a variety of things. But, um, but we we'd still, even though we were out of practical location, we, we did, a good deal of the murals were created, were made for the movie. Uh, and then we also u- were able to use existing old murals, like the mural of actors that she walks in front mm-hmm. of w- was, is a historic mural. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, um, we, we did create a lot of our own things. And also in that montage, we had uh, a matte glass painter. One of the things that Damien wanted us to do, uh, he didn't want any CGI or, or uh, computer-driven Effects. He wanted everything to be very low-tech and old-fashioned, but he wanted matte glass painting, which is exactly what it says. It's a painting on a piece of glass that's in front of the camera, and you kind of can create something. So the whole Paris, pan over Paris to the Club Hachette was a matte glass painter, and we found uh, that craft is sort of not used anymore, and I managed to find one guy that actually worked on the original Mary Poppins, oh uh, Rocco Joffrey, and he, he, did, he did several Class paintings for us, including that big Paris painting. And um, he also worked on one of the other movies that, that uh, I uh, uh, thought this movie uh, was influenced by, and that's the, the little scene Francis Coppola's One from the Heart. Which was um, a musical that um, bankrupted uh, Zotrope Studios, but, but it was shot. <laughs> it was, it was shot uh, uh, at Zotrope Studios, which was the one studio that we used for the Warner Brothers Studios. It was the, um, we used Warner Backlot and then also Hollywood Center Studios, which is the old Zotrope Studios. So I was able to work on the lot that was the place where they did, where my mentor did uh, one from the heart. And,
1: um, I was curious about Sebastian selling out. Pardon? When Sebastian starts selling out mm-hmm. his music and the big concert, yeah. how was that kind of going? You had this whole great vintage look, now suddenly you got to create a look well, um, of that surreal. There, was
2: a, there are two scenes not seen in the movie, and he gradually, you know, they start out a more jazzy in a little club. And then, they, then there's, a, there's a progression, then all of a sudden there's this big,
0: there we Show did with like, the and there were other there were other clubs that we did this arc of him and they were they were shot but they just jumped right to this which makes sense big it's thing. better script and it was it was it was fine and it was,
2: I, yeah. I believe that he would do that after listening to Mia talk to her mom I'd yeah, be, I no, definitely. It. Yeah. Yeah. The,
1: uh, but he mentioned the arc because I also like the arc of all the audition scenes with Mia, mm. how the sets got more and more constricting and yeah. horrible, but the last one was warm and inviting. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something you were conscious he, of? We well, had a change.
0: Did, yeah. And Damien might have even talked about this, but he did a, uh, a, a line drawing uh, for us when we first started to talk that, that had a progression and it had these peaks and valleys where the movie did uh, went to a height and then went down and then went up again and then went down and then went up again. And, and, and that's how we, we did the sets to be claustrophobic and then opened them up and then did, and uh, so he really had this whole thing in his mind. And again, the script was written prior to Whiplash, so he had it for a long time and he, and he just kind of waited until he had the budget Even though this was frugal in comparison to most other Hollywood things, uh, he he had this in his mind, and he 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 was uh, able to convey that to us and the other department heads that helped uh, give the six you know create what we are looking
1: at. Well, you mentioned you had more time because Miles telling the, the, the actor swap. In some ways, it might have been better for Damien to have these extra time. Yeah. just to let it sit and permeate.
0: Yeah. Everything now I think I mean just the the climate with what we're experiencing is is that um everything is driven by budget and and money and and the prep time is being reduced and reduced and reduced. So we're forced to try to figure things out uh as quickly as possible. So often what we do is we um even before we're we're if we're offered the job, but we're not we're not actually paid to be doing this. We we will meet with the director and we'll try to figure things out. To just give us that that amount of prep time that is proper for what you really want to to do. A, a lot of people don't understand. You you look at everything and you think okay, well they went into that apartment and they but it is a, so much effort goes into figuring out. And you want to protect the direct, You want to let the director be happy with what um, he has to do. I mean, that's what our job is: is to help him tell the story and to help the actors do their job. And if the actors are unhappy with something, you know, it's our job to kind of try to cater to that. Um, you know, make sure. And it, like you and I were talking, uh, even something as simple as, as the car that Ryan drove. He actually picked that himself. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a car guy, and I like to really be very specific about the type of car uh, an actor is driving because it's almost like the type of suit that, or uh, costume that they're given. And I was sh- showing him all these different things, and he had the idea to use the mid-'80s um, Riviera. And I thought,
1: that's a, that's a great
0: car. Perfect. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, you, you know, we're, we cater to that.
1: So, Sebastian's Club. So how was that? Was been what was the process? Did you find the club? Again, how much did you dress hard it? Hard
0: find. Where we we you know you look you, you draw a circle around L.A. and you look at everything in L.A. and then you, the circle gets bigger and we ended up in Long Beach again, uh, which is kind of the way. It's kind of an ungentrified part of L.A. that that you can find things because everything now is is changed and updated and gentrified and and we were able to find some. Pretty cool um, clubs and things that uh, you actually go walk down to a basement. But we 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 did a lot to it. It was a bar, and we made it into that that club. The exterior, of course, was on Santa Monica Boulevard, which um, there was a, a finale scene where they are supposed to drive away into the sunset uh, that we shot, and, and and the exterior of the club was picked for that, and it it, uh, it ended up not. Being used in the movie,
2: yeah, the club that we did use, we, we we kind of ended up there there a little bit because it was near Mia's exterior apartment, so they were we were sort of that's why we ended up in Long Beach. But it was good. What we ended up, it was a a restaurant, so there were lots of bolted down tables inside and another. So we took all the, the those things out and the their existing stage, and then they had murals all over the walls that we covered with a fabric, which. You may notice mm-hmm. next time you see it, you can kind of see it a little. But so we did, we did all that, and then added the lighting, and, the, and of course the jazz ephemera.
1: Yeah, I, I highly recommend go to the Lionsgate website because the screenplay is actually on the Lionsgate Lala. So please, I would check it when you go and read it, because to me it must have been a dream for you to the last seven pages, because it's all to me it's all production design.
0: It was written, but it was it was complicated, and and. Damien again had it in his mind, and we did models we did models of the uh of the big stage, and then we did rehearsal uh uh but it, it took this kind of you know the montage had to be added to that uh epilogue dancing and it was it was
2: rather complicated that again was that again was pressed for time as well, like the producer's house because they they weren't locking down studio spaces, and they didn't want to spend money on a big studio. So yeah. finally, they got it. Finally, we got in there, but there wasn't enough time to do large drops. So they were sketched and hand painted yeah, and, and all watercolored, the, and then blown up.
0: All of the backdrops, everything was all painted. Uh, I have uh, a uh, an, an art director, artist friend who's also a production designer that worked with me on. Uh, and um, Sandy on Royal Tannenbaums but Carl Sprague is a concept illustrator, and he 's actually a very good watercolor painter, and he can do these very loose and he did what is called mood sketches that that are quite beautiful, and then they those were tightened up and then uh, so they started as his his paintings, which were uh, which were physically paintings and then they were uh, given to a digital artist who then painted on top of his paintings and kind of heightened them because, um, you know, we were referencing Raoul Dufay, the painter, and um, a few a few other painters that uh, that um, we, you know, were copying the style. The style were they of,
2: blown up from the digital size? Yeah, to, too, too
0: massive. To... I mean, the the they were they were one hundred hundred some odd feet long you know some of them
2: and then again touched a little bit by and, yeah. hand painting yeah and then them. the lighting department would light would light would
0: light them but then in front of the big painted backdrops we built uh, the little flat gas station and then all of the uh, cutouts of the orange grove all of those were like little theater pieces that they can move around and uh, and that's the other thing is that I like to uh, um, give the set to the shooting unit and then let them... They can sort of move it around a little bit and play with it and make it... uh, And even up to the last minute, um, uh, Linus and Damien needed more of the orange grove. They they needed more time to go through that, even though we measured everything out. So everything is sort of, as I said, Mm -hmm. left uh, open and... uh, you know we cater cater to the needs right up until the very very last minute.
1: We always end our show on the same question. So can you tell us about a movie theater experience you had or a movie that perhaps inspired you? A yeah. childhood movie theater experience, a movie you saw long ago that maybe inspired you to go into this field.
0: Uh, I, I know for me it was uh, the, the early Cinerama stuff mm. was pretty uh, was pretty strong and powerful, uh, but but. Uh, you know, I, I still... My, my mentor, designer, Dean Tevalaris, did the early uh, Coppola stuff, like the Godfather things, and then I still think uh, um, Apocalypse Now is amazing. Well, you always
2: loved Lawrence of Arabia.
0: Lawrence of <laughs> Arabia is great. too. Actually, it was always the Fellini favorite. stuff, and then also Stanley Kubrick stuff, that, because I was in high school... Uh, and watching two thousand one, and it was uh, those were things that were outstanding to to me.
1: Um, but How about you, say anything? What was something there? I think,
2: I th- I think for decorating it was probably Dr. Chivago. I don't. I, that's not one of my top. It would be my top ten or twenty, maybe. But for decorating, it's fabulous. It's just beautiful. That ice house is just you liked,
0: you liked uh, Bonnie and Clyde also, which Yeah, but
2: it's not really a... Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say that's what yeah. made me want to do yeah. a movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although I love movie. But that. you love the movie. I love the
2: yeah. movie, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, as mentioned, this is our sixth season finale. Uh, so I'm so glad it. Uh, and as part of we talked about a lot of teamwork, how it is a team. We're losing, actually, a lot of our team members, script-to-screen team members, are moving off to graduating uh selena dotoro's behind camera has been my camera person for two years uh, jessica Loy has been producing these shows and trying to wrangle yeah. me for years alex DeSanto, who actually was a la la land one main producer tonight because okay. it's her favorite movie uh stephanie she who's behind the camera and she's going to be embarrassed. And finally, Andre Wood is directing tonight, and this is her final directorial, because yeah, okay. they're all graduating. So I do want to thank you all for making this show possible. And, and I want to thank you two for coming thank and sharing this wonderful you. film with our audience. Thanks, thank you so much. Thank you. thank
0: you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.